0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Listening to another live broadcast of spirituality today. I'm your host Jamie Sanders, coming to you live from Unity of Pensacola in beautiful Pensacola, Florida. Joining with me today, of course, is my amazing co-host, my Ed McMahon, on the airwaves. Denise Jurgen coming to us live from Unity of Music City in Nashville, Tennessee. And on today's show, we're going to be talking um, about freedom in the first 30 minutes of this broadcast, and then in the last hour. We have the returning guest co-host, who's one of our favorite people on the planet, Reverend Becky Whitehead, who's the senior minister at Unity of Omaha, and our topic of discussion in the last hour of the program, Are You Ready For It?, Spiritually Grounded in the Appearance of Political Turmoil. So that's going to be an interesting conversation that we engage in or not engage in. We'll see how it flows. And so we want to say welcome to Denise. How's it going in Unity of Music City, my friend?
2: well everything is moving and shaking well i think it's interesting of all the things we're going to talk about today because i just spent a week with my family in florida not far from you mr jamie and my parents and i are not necessarily on the same page when it comes to um, actually talking about politics or religion or spirituality or anything so it has been a challenging time for me to stay grounded in my own spirituality with this thing that we call freedom of speech and thinking okay and you know you're my mother or you're my son and you know I don't even like what just came out of your mouth and I'm not sure how to respond. So how about yourself? How you doing, Jamie?
1: Doing well. I mean, you know, of course, I live in Florida. I've lived in Florida my whole life. And I question continuously, what in the world are you thinking when the heat (laughs) index is 108 degrees? But you know what I mean? You call it home. And I keep saying, Father, Mother, God, I, I cannot wait to live in the Great Smoky Mountains. That's what I'm
2: waiting on. Right, right. Well, I know you love the Smoky Mountains, and I know know that it's just an absolutely beautiful place, and it's a lot cooler. You know, it's been really hot here, and it was extremely hot when we were in Florida, so I'm actually ready to go north myself. (laughs) It's going to be a while before I can do anything different. So, Jamie, we had said we were going to talk about freedom today before we get Becky on the line, and so I looked up the word freedom. And it says, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. And when I read that, again, I I laughed because I thought about the week that I spent with my parents. And, you know, it's very interesting, even being 59 years old, that when I go back in and actually live with my parents, because we all were in the same house together in Florida, I actually become this little Denise that is scared to speak my mind for fear I'm going to rock the boat. You know what I mean? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Of course, when I think about Jamie Sanders, I think about someone who just says what he thinks when he wants to and doesn't worry about it. So that's why I would like your feedback at this moment.
1: Well, and I think the same thing about you and the same as when Becky comes on. Becky, I've stood back and watched both of you say things that I go, Oh my God, I wished I could say that and say it in the way. (laughs) So I process, I hope, hopefully in, in deep prayer and quick meditation, I do process and, and I question, and I know I've talked to you about this. I've talked to Becky about this as well as, as coach Carla, that moment when it feels like your throat's constricted and you go, what is it that I'm afraid of in speaking my truth? And I, and I know when all of us doing what we do spiritually as coaches, as ministers, I think what comes up is the typical childlike thing that if I say this or if I speak my truth, someone will get angry at me and they won't love me anymore. So right. I have it, but I try my darndest to tell the truth and tell it quickly, which is what Tali Burkan has taught you know, in the five points of power that Edwin Gaines talks about a lot too. But tell your truth and tell it quickly. You don't, you don't have to argue. I don't want to fight with people anymore, but I will be direct as I can be. Um, so, yes, moving through the fear of still of that uneasiness of that maybe what I have to say no one really cares about.
2: So. <laughs> yes, or, you know, as in the process that I said I went through with my parents, because we, you know, one of the things I did get into a conversation around spirituality, because my parents are still very fundamentally Christian, and go to a church of christ and you know one of the things that came out of their mouth this week while we were sitting on the beach enjoying the ocean was well we taught you better than that and i was like oh dear god (laughs) i'm a grown woman and you're still telling me you taught me better than that so you know when we talk about this freedom of speech thing it's like, what does that really mean? Does that mean that I can say anything I want to say in any kind of a way? Does it? Um, we, we are working on quite a bit at Unity of Music City with the theme, We Choose Peace. We're working on compassion right now and what it means to be compassionate. And, you know, I spent a whole week thinking about every word that came out of my mouth and is this going to be compassionate and my parents are 84 years old so you know maybe they don't need to hear what I believe about such and such and then I come get ready to come on live with you and I look you know at the definition of freedom and one of the other definitions is the state of not being imprisoned and You know, what I can say is there were moments in time in the last week when I was with them that I felt imprisoned. I felt like, okay, I really can't say or do or be who I am here with these people. And, you know, I think this whole concept of what it means to be free sounds really nice when you're in New Thought, but it's it it, you know, it starts down in our family systems. And then moves out from there, if that makes any sense, any sense at all.
1: Well, it does make sense. And that's what I, you know, I often say when I talk about my childhood, I always say, you know, I, I had a good childhood and Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, people say, well, so you weren't abused or anything. Um, No, I wasn't abused. I was ignored. So part of that, and not because they didn't (laughs) love me, but because they had these two other older children who were constantly in trouble. You know what I mean? And so Mr. Goody Choo Shoes over here, who said, would you drop me off at church? (laughs) I wasn't shoplifting and I wasn't doing drugs. And so not out of meanness did I get ignored, but they had their hands full. And so that's what I go. I think you're right. A lot of dynamics are formed as children. And we don't understand that freedom has to do with discovering who we are um, that we're entitled to have our own thoughts and our opinions. You may not, the wisdom is knowing when to speak it, but you don't get your teeth knocked out. And so, <laughs> in my household, my father was a very militant, military, career minded person. He yelled, he screamed, um, and then you would say, you know, quit yelling, and he would say, I'm not yelling. And so, they were not interested in anything spiritual. <clears throat> and I don't mean that disrespectfully to anybody listening. Right. But Truth, I was the I was the oddball out in this household, and I often remember sitting at the dining room table and thinking, I have to be adopted. I there's just no way that I come from these people. <laughs> and then you know, you realize that freedom is realizing it's okay to feel that you're different. It's okay to be the, the oddball out because your beliefs and your thoughts are not the same as everybody else's. So
2: you know, it's interesting because um, this morning on Facebook I put something out there and I'm trying to go see what the exact words were, but it was, um, I think, let me see if I can find it, sometimes you have to let go to be free. And I think the reason that spoke to me this morning is that, you know, when when I hear people out there that are arguing about freedom of speech, and they're like, I can say anything I want to say because I have freedom of speech, you know, sometimes for me, the biggest recollection and remembrance of my freedom is shutting up <laughs> because I realize in a situation that I might be in, that anything else that I might add to the conversation is only going to take us down a path that is going to get more controversial and more um, conflictual. And so letting, just letting it go. Or the other piece that I've had to do this week personally is letting go of any kind of remnants of anything that might... I might still have been holding on to that my mother and daddy were going to love me exactly the way I was and that I was going to be okay in their eyes because at this point in my life, that's not going to happen. So... All the way home, riding in the car with Judy, she would ask me, you know, how are you doing? And I said, you know, there there are moments that I want to cry, and there are moments that I just really want to scream and cuss and beat on something. And I said, what I really feel like I'm doing is eliminating or letting go of those things that, you know, are still tiny little remnants that I think we all have you know I worked with kids in school for years that would talk about their parents and their relationships at home and I would say to them you know we were supposed to be born into homes where people loved us and (laughs) nourished who we were as human beings and adored us and if that really didn't happen then that affects how we move forward in the world And I think probably there are more of us that experienced some sort of abuse or, as you said, you, you know, just were kind of ignored because they had so many other things that it's kind of like freedom to us. We had to fight our way to freedom on some level. And now it's dialing back and going, you know, I don't have to fight to be free. I just have to realize that I'm me and... I matter to me and to the people that I choose to be around, does that make sense?
1: it does and and that's what I'm thinking about as you know <clears throat> sometimes we think freedom is is about being stifled or told censored that you're not allowed to speak, but I think in as we grow spiritually, I think one of the greatest Um, faculties of the 12 powers would be that of wisdom and knowing I don't even have to respond to that because, you know, that's what I mean. We have an option. We can either react to something, a situation, comments, or interaction with people, or we can respond. And sometimes the response could be our silence. I think there's great power. Dr. Barbara King taught me that one time that, you know, sometimes when we don't react or respond to something that is said to us, I'll never forget it. She said, in the silence, oftentimes people see their ignorance <laughs> because you just look at them, but it's yes. when you go, why you dirty weasel, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? How dare do. you say that to me? So I think there is great freedom and in, in having the wisdom to know when to speak and when to shut your trap.
2: So what do you think people in the world really think about what it means to say freedom of speech or freedom of religion? You know, to me that means that I am free to worship or celebrate the living, loving spirit of the earth, you know, of our world in whatever way that I choose, but that doesn't mean to me that I'm free to bad mouth someone else's way of doing that does that does that even make sense we we are studying at in our lunch bunch and i love my little group that i meet with on wednesdays right before i do this this um radio show because we study books together, and what we're studying right now is the 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life by Karen Armstrong, and we are talking about, as a church, how do we really become this compassionate group of people that we know that we can be, because to me it feels like that we've moved way beyond freedom of religion and because religion is really part of the problem in our world when it comes to being free because religion seems to want to the screws on people. It's like you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do something else. And there is no real freedom to express yourself. What you think about that?
1: I think it's true. I mean, I I just think we have to redefine who we are. And even in the way that we do what we do to have real freedom, I don't think it's about us being militant. I don't think it's about us having to always be right. But like the Course in Miracles says, one of my favorites, you you either want to be right or you want to be happy. And I think that some of us are still addicted to having to be right and what we think and what we feel and the, what I really get is I do not have to justify myself to another living soul. I have to honor myself. And I, I really think sometimes, oh, people don't see things the way I do. And, and I mean, let's be honest, it does. It can, it can make us feel less than when people say I disagree with you. But somewhere we have to work on purging that energy that holds us back, thinking that we require another person's stamp of approval.
2: Right. And I think that that is the piece that probably I have worked on more than anything else that I've worked on in my life growing up, being in a home where you were, I mean, it was part of the rules that you had to march to the orders that your parents gave you and you had to believe what they believed And that would be religiously, politically, everything. Or you had to know how to shut up and not say anything. And, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but, you know, spiritually, religiously, I had to really throw all of that out and be free of... Everything that I had been taught and reestablish what it was that I believed about God, about my life, about what the world was all about, because I had pretty much been told something that did not make any sense to me. But I was not, as a child or as a teenager, given the freedom to even ask questions or to move beyond and see what else might be out there that would be okay to even talk about, much less believe. So,
1: Yeah, I I just think that it has to do with who we are becoming every single day. And then even to hear, being able to have a conversation like we're having right now, it's so imperative for us to just to even hear your take, and that's what I mean about us it, being open-minded. Right. I'm hearing your take on the very same thing that I felt my whole life, but the way you express it brings me to another level of understanding. And that's what I mean when I, I say to the listeners or I say to the congregation, the world does not spin on your dime, and yet it does. But we have to be teachable and open and receptive.
3: Right.
2: And have concern and compassion for everybody even those people that we don't agree with. I think right. you know, I I think that at some point I figured out as a child that I was not going to be able to please everybody or agree with everybody, but I was not in an environment as a child that it was okay to talk differently than a group of people that I was with. So the only options you had as far as freedom of speech would have been it, agree with these people or shut up. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. I think that one of the one of the things that I am working with my congregation right now is How do we come together with groups of people that we know we don't necessarily agree with everything, but how do we come together and create a foundation of peace and compassion and be willing to just listen to another individual? Because lots of times in the conversation, I find that we have more in common than we have different. It was just my own fears about it that stopped me from listening to them or even wanting to have a conversation. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, because, you know, I mean, one of the first things I remember learning when I got into Unity was um, open and receptive to the living spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. And the idea that being open and receptive meant that I could go back tomorrow night to the First Pentecostal Church and sit on the front row and be open to the power and the light of spirit in that energy and receive something that fed my spirit. But if I walk in with an attitude, are you know how those people are. And that kind of, yes. a lot of us, even those of us who call ourselves spiritual, we still are carrying around a chip on our shoulder and an attitude about other people's beliefs, you know. And that's why I say somewhere we have to just go, oh, peace, be still. And for me, when I say peace, be still, that means shut up. And allow spirit to do what spirit does. And nobody, you know, I I remind people all the time, not everyone is interested in your opinion as being the gospel.
2: (laughs) I think you should get out there and put that on Facebook every day. (laughs) Because I think that's another piece of it all. I think that... You know, I think that technology and all of that has taken us to a very different level than what you and I lived as children. And now it's very easy to turn on the television or to go on Facebook or go on Instagram or any of those things and very quickly know what somebody else thinks because we have such freedom in our world to do that, and then it's up to me to not get my knickers in the knot, if you know what I mean, because it's like, oh, did you know that that... I know Judy and I sometimes go, did you know what somebody put on Facebook? Can you believe that? (laughs) 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 And then I just start laughing. I'm like, you know, and we're not being any better than they are, because now we're talking about them. But, you know, it's like, I, I think that living in this world that we have all created together makes it even a little bit more challenging sometimes to stay in that peaceful place and to allow myself freedom and to allow everyone else freedom. Because, you know, when I offer people freedom, then they get to say whatever it is they want to say. I don't know what you think about the Facebook thing and all of that, but... That, some days, is a very big challenge for me.
1: Well, this morning somebody posted something. It came across my feed on Facebook, and I read it. And I was a little taken back because I, I know this person. And it was so, um, you know, there's a thing about when we get um, offended, which I said we should create another 12-step program called Offended Anonymous, and that we we didn't get what we wanted. So we go on Facebook and we bash uh, another person, we bash a business. And, you know, and, and I get people get angry and they want to punish someone out of their anger. But, you know, as spiritual beings, what we know is what we put out comes back. So really, you can't clean up your mess with an individual without posting names and business names. And, you know I'm saying? and I just went, I don't want that vibration coming across on my feed. So I, I removed them. And I blessed them as I did it. It wasn't a mean thing, or I, I didn't come back with, you know. And I, I just, I just want people to get that. Think before you post. Think before you speak. And what is your intention that you are about to send out? As a, you know, we we had um, somebody that worked here at the church, and um, they had posted one night on Facebook. It, you know, it was really vulgar and really nasty, basically telling people to go to hell. And so when they came in to the office, I said, hey, I saw your post, and they said, you're not going to censor me. And I said, well, hold on. And I said, here's what I'm telling you. We look really foolish when on Sunday morning we're singing I Behold the Christ in you, and then on (laughs) Sunday night you tell people to go to hell. And I said, so I can't have that because it makes all of us look very foolish and hypocritical. So the person, right. the person did it. But I said, you know, is that really and truthfully what the image or the portrait you wanted to paint of yourself? Because that's what I say when we post. I've had friends of mine say, I can't stand all the airy, fairy, positive stuff you post. And i mean, I right. laugh because I will not allow politics to be put on my page. We've talked about this before. And even, right. you know, in fact, Dr. Judy said last night when I told her what the theme of the show today was, and she said, aren't you brave? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's really not going to be about who each one of us are voting for when Becky gets on in a few minutes. But it's about right. us remaining centered, Christ-like, being the, the change that we we desire to see on the planet. And so that's what I say about what portrait are we painting every time we post, every time we get so angry, because we're never angry about what we're posting about. There's something beneath it, you know. So I think it's going to be an interesting point um, in just a few minutes when Becky does come on for us to talk about how we do stay spiritually grounded, not just when there is the appearance of political turmoil, but in the appearance of any turmoil, in the appearance of I have been abused or I have been mistreated. You know, it's wonderful to set boundaries with people. Ladies and gentlemen, it's powerful when we set boundaries. But if we act crazy about it, nobody's listening. They're thinking all they get is we're crazy.
2: So. You know, one of the things that um, in this study of compassion that we're doing as a church is we've brought out the golden rule. And you probably know this already, but you can find the golden rule in any of the world's religions it may be stated from the positive viewpoint of do unto others the way that you would have them do unto you or something like that or it can be stated from the negative point of don't do to anyone else what you wouldn't want done to yourself but you know when i think about having conversations with other people or you know interactions with other people You know, that's why I think that my week with my parents was so difficult because I kept thinking, okay, Denise, you're teaching compassionate living at Unity of Music City. And so if you come down here to Panama City and blow your parents away in conversations, you're probably not being very compassionate. So what would compassion look like in this ability to just be free and to have interactions, and how do I stay spiritually strong in what I believe in unity, in new thought, and deal with, because it might not be politics, it might just be your parents or your family or one of your friends. It could be just somebody that slips a cog in your life, and all of a sudden here you are having to deal with that. So... I'm excited that Becky's going to come on and we're going to talk about all this today because I think this this is a point in time in our world where if there's been any time before that is any more of a greater time than this, I don't know when it is, that the world needs what we have. The world really needs the way to think differently knew about what's going on and to rise above all the conflict and to get to a different vibration.
1: I agree, and that's why I just want to say to, to those of you that are listening now live or those of you who will be listening to the um, archive show later, really the intent of this um, next hour with Becky Whitehead is really not about who you want to see collected. So please don't call in and start saying why you want so-and-so and and don't want so-and-so. That is not what we're doing. What we are doing on this broadcast for the next hour is we are going to talk about how we can stay peaceful, how we can stay sane and centered. I tell my congregation all the time, do not ask me who I'm voting for. It is none of your business. But I encourage you. I empower you to go into prayer and meditation and ask the God within you who it is that speaks that is going to bring the highest and best to all people, not just your party, not just what you desire to see happen. You can't be selfish. So speaking on that, we do have Reverend Becky Whitehead on the line. She is the senior minister at Unity of Omaha. Becky came from a very active relationship at Unity of Music City. Um, She is one of our favorite people Um, Anytime we can have her back, we always do So Becky, welcome to the show And thanks
3: for taking the time to be with us again Oh, thanks so much, Jamie, Denise It's always a pleasure to get to share time with you guys Hey! Hey, Um, honey Hey, darling I've been holding you in prayer Knowing that you had that vacation So (laughs) know that I've been sending you
2: all kinds of good energy down in Florida Thank you as I oh, as I have said to most people, I can only say that, you know, if I ever do that again, I am not staying in the same place as all of those people stayed. <laughs> I'm going to be off by myself somewhere thing. and join them for certain activities, but not be all slung up there with them the whole time. So,
3: yay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, and it's a and it's a journey, you know. It's a journey it to is. that Oh so, well, it's a journey to something, isn't it?
2: <laughs> it most definitely is.
3: So, so thank you for that um, that lead in about this isn't who you're about who you're voting for. As a matter of fact, back several months ago, I um, made Unity of Omaha a political free zone. Cool. To the point that I've invited people and strongly encouraged people not to wear their political buttons. <coughs> With anything like that or t-shirts or even have dialogue in the cafe area in our social area around the politics because what I had already figured out very early on was that the, the politics of our country is one of the most divisive um, experiences that we have and it totally takes us out of that consciousness of oneness it totally puts a divide between us and we see that us and them be so greatly expanded on in this time and i'm not i'm not comfortable with our community dealing with that when we're talking about how to be whole and complete because our political um arena right now doesn't present a picture of wholeness and compassion and so it's about how can we come into that place? How can we continue to, to be in principle, to return to principle, and stay grounded in that truth of divine love? Um, many times we have situations, and, and I'm sure both of you get that, that same question, how can you look at somebody and see that divine in them, see the Christ in them and send them love when they're nothing but a, you know, but a skanky, no, you know, no good, this and that? I mean, I get that all the time. I had somebody <laughs> here recently we were we did a I did a prayer around the uh, episode in Orlando and in as part of the prayer we were holding in that place of peace and compassion the shooter and the shooter's family. And yes. I got some emails. I got some emails about it. It's wow. Like, I can do I can do all of the people that were killed, but I have a I struggle with seeing it as, you know, withholding the shooter that way. And one of the questions in one of the emails was, do you truly practice what you preach? And I thought, wow, yeah, let me sit here for a minute and examine. Do I? Do I truly practice what I preach when I talk about oneness and compassion and love and that that root foundation of who we're here to be? And I like to think that most of the time I do. But, boy, I can get caught up in the gossip and then all the other stuff just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, um, was your comment?
2: Well, I was going to say, I told Jamie, you know, when I knew what we were going to talk about, I pulled out because this Sunday, well, let me back up and say, we have been focusing on peace all year. And uh, myself and a woman by the name of Becky Astorita have been running peace circles. And I have asked my congregation to be open, other than our just major peace event, to sitting in peace circles with people that don't necessarily believe the same thing that we do. And so one of the churches that we've been doing these circles with is a Pentecostal church in town. And so this Saturday, we are having another peace circle in our sanctuary here with that congregation. And then on Sunday morning, that minister, Pentecostal minister, and myself are going to be sharing the stage. And this is a big jump for us as a congregation to be able to understand that it is our desire to create peace and compassion in a world, even when there is someone who may not speak the same language that I do even and so one of the ways that we're going to do that here is I'm going to start speaking a little bit our, our topic is we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal and then Reverend Tony is going to speak for a little bit and then I'm going to reframe anything that he said that I need to reframe for my congregation and back and forth in that kind of a way and I think it will be very beneficial for all of us To understand, you know, the word sin or the word the devil or error thought or how we look at it in unity so that we can see that we're not really different. We're just coming at it from a different, maybe a different perspective or a different verbiage. Does that make any sense?
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're going to have fun playing metaphysician on Sunday morning, it sounds like. <laughs>
2: Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely, because, you know, this doesn't necessarily even have to be politics that we're talking about. It can be, you know, politics has... We we have said that there is a separation of church and state, but come on. Is there really? Oh, really. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know it it all kind of wads up there together in some sort of a realm you know and and so it it's a very interesting conundrum to be a minister and i think specifically a new thought minister in this time period when the world is so focused on what they think is right and what they think is wrong and you know, the moral majority and all of that. It's just, it's a very interesting time to be alive and to be a minister. And so I was excited, Becky, that you wanted to talk about this because even as a minister, sometimes it is a challenge to stay spiritually grounded in the midst of conversations that sometimes you feel like you get drug into the middle of.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think a big part for us to remember is when we can look beyond the rhetoric, beyond the showmanship, beyond all of the words, and see deeper and deeper and deeper into the individuals, you know, we can find we know that they're either functioning from a place of love or a place of fear. And if they're, right. fun- they're functioning from a place of fear, our job is to meet that with compassion and to right. help ease that. And meeting it with more anger and hostility, boy, that just, that just makes it a mess for us all to deal with. Um, so that's, you know, part of our challenge. And to remember, you know, let's return to principle. And what is the primary principle for the primary thing that we have been asked to be in this world? We're asked to be love. or asked to be that demonstration, to show up right. as that. And how do we do that when we're battling each other or when we're taking sides constantly? I uh, was scrolling, you know, we, we, I've heard, I heard you guys talk a little bit about Facebook. And I was scrolling through this morning seeing what was there. And I came across a post, and it's called the DNA Journey. And I've actually cool. posted it on my page. And it's, you can look up the DNA Journey. But it's an amazing experiment that was done where these unsuspecting volunteers took part in a DNA journey to find out where their roots were. But before they went through that journey, they were asked questions about, well, is there any culture or any nationality or group in society that you really are opposed to and don't want any part of or have animosity towards? And so each of the volunteers called off you know, certain places or certain groups of people. And then they were, they were asked to do, be a part of this DNA test to see where their roots came, actually came from. And virtually every one of them that had spoken out against a particular um nationality or culture discovered that they had that in them. Wow. That <laughs> there was one who just he was a British fellow and he totally was talking out against uh the Germans. And come to find out I think he was like ten or fifteen percent German.
2: Isn't that funny? I bet that and was so, a reawakening, huh?
3: Really, really. And so a big part is if we're doing that and speaking out against places, and then we find out that we are part of that, but we know we are one anyway. Right. But if part of our DNA is a different, say, nationality or culture, and we're speaking out about that, what are we creating within our own bodies? Right, Are we not causing an inner turmoil? Are we not causing a dis-ease within ourselves? And I think that same thing happens. Yeah, I think that same thing happens whenever we step into all of this name-calling and and side-taking in the political arena. And, you know, and to me, when we talk about, you know, these appearances of political turmoil, it's not just our election process. But to me, we're seeing political turmoil coming from the, the attacks that happen. Right. You know, it seems like everything that happens is either being done in the name of some spiritual tradition or some governmental or political tradition. Right. Let's move back from that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Let's move back into that place of solid unity with each other. Move back to the principle of love. An and, you know, journey. the
2: thing that comes up for me living in Nashville, Tennessee, and, Becky, you lived here for a long time, but even in the years that you've been gone, things have been shifting and changing so fast. And one of the, the challenges that has happened in Nashville, Tennessee, is that, Even in the last five years or so, we have become more of a global hodgepodge of all kinds of people. And so there is the challenge in any business, in any church, in any uh, family, in any school, you know, how do we all live in this global community together and allow everybody the freedom to be who they are and to not all get our knickers in a knot because we're all coming at things from a different perspective or a different belief set. And, you know, I would love to hear yours or Jamie's, you know, perception of that. I'm sure Omaha's the same way, and I am not sure about Florida as much as, as I am about Nashville and Omaha, but, you know, they're, how do we continue to help ourselves have this spiritual groundedness when there are so many different kinds of people that we are, you know, engaging with every day, all day long?
1: Well, I think it has to do with um, all three of us, you know, are spiritual leaders slash ministers running churches and I do think it's, you know, every church has a different vibration, and it usually has to do with who is the minister, what is, what is the energy of the minister. So right. I really do think it's our job to continually um, hold the mirror up to our congregants. Um, I had somebody today, you know, drop in, somebody that you actually know, Denise, dropped in, and he was saying, you know, I've been really um, misjudging you for over a year. And I said, wow oh. well, hello. And he said, "You, you know, you said some things in service one day, and it really kind of smacked me between the eyes, and it really pissed me off." And I said, "Well, good, I'm Yay. doing my job." And he goes, "And then I realized later, you know, you were right." And I go, "Well, I don't have to be right, but when, I, I guess the thing is, is that like I love the idea what, what Becky was saying that Omaha has done about a, a political free zone, and and for those who don't like it, I mean, then we know as Personally, I would never want to run for a political office because of the low vibration that is done to each candidate. But I also know, if we get really honest, um, as ministers, the things that have been said about us behind our backs—like <laughs> Congress—surely not. You know, <laughs> never. And, and you go, someone would say, "Well, so and so said you were this and that," and you go, "Really? That's um, that's not true." And so that's what I say about us checking ourselves principally, whether you call yourself, you know, spiritual, religious. Do you really think that was loving? Do you really think that was kind? And would you want to toss that vibration in the wind for it to blow back in your face? Because when it's done to us, you know, it's like the gossip thing. When we, we gossip about other people, you know, did you hear about so-and-so, did you hear about, and we partake and we listen and we all do it because we're still in human bodies, but the moment it's done to us, we are so hurt and so upset, and so that's when I go, whatever I serve up, whatever I'm cooking in my spiritual walk and serve up is what's coming back to me so I just think, you know, Denise, we were talking about, I don't know, Becky, if you saw this, but the other night on Facebook, there was a post I mean, I kind of like Dolly Parton. I don't know if y'all know that. But don't tell
3: anybody. That's a secret.
1: (laughs) And somebody, Dolly had made a statement, and this is how it happens to us too. You know, people, someone could be listening today and take something we say out of context and use it against us. But Dolly made a comment that she would, if Hillary, I didn't want to name names, if the female candidate was, Elected That she would support her But the, the whole context of the statement was She as an American would support whoever the leader was So then it spread all over the internet And people were posting these really um, unkind, negative things about Dolly And what I love about Stella Parton, Dolly's sister Who has been on the show before And she's planning on coming back very soon to be with us Yay! Stella, Stella doesn't play around Stella tells it like it is, and she she really land some people for bashing her sister. And, and so that's when I go, you know what I mean about that? When we get so angry that someone sees something different, not just politics, but like you were sharing about dealing with family. And I know all right. three of us dealt with family and, and could do a whole episode or a season of the Waltons with our stories of family. <laughs> but when you get so crazy acting because, I mean, people were saying, I bought tickets to Dolly's concert and I refused to go see her and I thought she was a Christian. Well, I'm not doing back. I was like, are you kidding me? And that's when I go, stop, be, be still and stop. And so I did respond. <clears throat> I did not react. I responded, which means I took a deep breath before I posted. But I said that I found the person, I don't know if it was your intention to be mean-spirited in your posts, but the very fact that as a Christian that you would question whether somebody else is a Christian feels very um, distasteful to me. And, uh, you know, all these people started liking it. The individual never wrote back. So that's what, to me, is about us being spiritually grounded and go, you are so entitled to your feelings. You are entitled to your opinions. But you do not get to make other people wrong and think that you're going to change. You know, I always pray to spirit. I don't know about everybody else listening. I say, you know, if, if I'm not in alignment with truth, my truth with a capital T, I ask the Holy Spirit, I ask the universe, whatever word floats your boat, to realign me. so that Because I say over and over, and I've said it on the show, I am teachable. Right. So that's my... T- our job as ministers, and actually because we all three know each other, I think we all do an outstanding job um, at doing that, of being authentic in the platform. Um, and we're not shy. We're not people who withhold, but I will not participate in mean-spiritedness. Um, I don't like it. I don't want it in my, my comfort zone. And so even in politics, Um, I watch the first 15 minutes every morning of Good Morning America. And that's about enough. And um, (laughs) I said before, my congregate, who are you voting for? None of your business. None of your business. But um, I want want to be peaceful, and I want to affirm, because part of our principles is that we affirm that God is active and present in all things. So even in this, we may get scared, we may break into a sweat, this one says this one is bad. I trust the God within me. In my gut, my intuition, you want to call it, because males have it too, I know what I know in my gut when I get still of who is the the person that I would give my support to. And I don't have to share it with the world. But I turn within and I ask for guidance. So what's your take on that, uh, Becky? Well,
3: I think voting art, and I think, you know, it's referred to as voting our conscience or our consciousness I think, would be more appropriate. It's it's none of anybody's business who anyone is voting for. Right. I do um, struggle with anyone who uses fear as a driving force in order to corral people into a certain camp. You know, we've seen a lot of... Um, spiritual traditions utilize those tactics and I don't agree with that either. So when I when I come across anybody who has any agenda and they're utilizing fear tactics or shame tactics in order to move that agenda forward, I have to step back. Step back and go, "Okay, I'm not sure what the root of their fear is, but what fear, feelings did that bring up for me so that I could go within and look at those, expose those, and then do the healing work I need to do that and get myself backgrounded in the truth principles of who I am.
2: And that was beautifully had, said, Becky.
3: Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, and it just it brings us... It, what breaks my heart is when i see divisiveness being used and it continues to stir that that unrest within people but yet we don't take a stance you know being spiritually grounded is not a passive activity being, Say that again. Spiritually, gro- being spiritually grounded is not a passive activity it's not sitting on a mountaintop with your legs crossed and your fingers pulled together and just being. Being spiritually grounded is an action. It's constantly checking. It's, you know, we've all talked about the ship going across the ocean and you're constantly checking the tack. You're constantly adjusting because you never hit that target by swinging the wheel one way or another because it takes you so far off. But for me, being spiritually grounded is a continuous checking in, being aware. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What is going on in my gut? And examining it, bringing it up, doing the work with it, and then moving on from there. Replacing fear with love. Replacing fear with peace. Compassion. It's it's not for the weak and faint of heart. Maybe that's why we, you know, we see a lot of folks coming in and out of our various congregations because it does sound like banana pudding and fluff on the outside <laughs> when we talk about new thought and, and spiritual practices. But when you really get beyond the cover of the book, it's work. It's a constant work, but it's a fulfilling work. It's something that I can't imagine my life without it.
1: Now, did that answer your question, Jamie? Yeah, it did. It was very good.
2: You know, what what comes up for me, and, you know, I always tell myself there's got to be something bigger than what I see going on here, something like I could get from a 35,000-foot look around this whole thing and go, oh, now I get what's going on, because... You know, to me, I don't think that it's just about the infighting between Republicans and Democrats or all of that stuff, even though that's what it looks like. And quite frankly, sometimes I go, well, you know, I think I'm just going to write in Mickey Mouse or something because I don't want to vote for anybody who's going to try to make somebody else look bad. But I did a little bit of research when I found out what we were going to talk about, and I don't know if either one of you have ever read a book that I love, and I actually gave it to my dad one time, and he read about half of it and gave it back to me, and he said, I don't believe any of this, and so I don't really need this book. It's by Marianne Williamson, and it's called The Healing of America. I don't know if either one of you have ever seen it, but she Hmm. talks a lot about the yin-yang forces in our world and that, you know, to be a balance, in our world we have to have the yin which is the feminine energy which could be a man or a woman it doesn't matter that is taking in information at every moment and the yang energy that is the pushing out the doing the action piece and Becky you said something very important being spiritually grounded does not mean that we are all yin that we're just sitting and taking in and go in love and light, bless your heart, I think I, again, before you came on, I said to Jamie, I really feel like that the New Thought Movement, Unity, Religious Science, Centers for Spiritual Living, I think that we have something that the world could just benefit from in many, many ways, but I think that it's almost time (laughs) past time for us to find the vehicles or the ways to get it out there into the world because you know being spiritually grounded for myself is one thing but teaching that to other people is a whole nother issue and I see that a lot of our movement has been yin-based been about taking in information and doing a little bit of shifts inside and I think that to deal with this issue and any other issue that's going on on our planet today we've got to say okay that's awesome and how do I balance that and what is the action steps that I put behind it so Becky speak to that
3: well, you know, the whole thing, like like we were talking about, it is the action steps. And we have been passive for too long.
2: Yes, we have. And,
3: you know, this is not, you know, a call to action as far as, you know, go out and, and march against anything. But it's a call to action as far as being it. Yes. You know, when you guys had me on um, a couple of months ago, I mentioned that this year in Omaha, for Unity of Omaha, is the year of demonstration. hmm And one of the reasons that we came to that is because, personally, I got a little bit tired of hearing about all the wonderful things in every book that was out there and all of the great ideas and not seeing anybody put it into action in their lives. Right. So it's, let's get up off the couch, let's turn off the TV, and let's take action and be these things. You know, you're doing peace, so be peace in the face right. of turmoil and conflict. Be love in the face of of turmoil and conflict. Be compassion when you're not seeing compassion. And teaching it, it is interesting. It is an interesting thing to be teaching. I know it has kept me on my toes all year this year to really focus on how do we demonstrate these principles How do we demonstrate these aspects of our life as human beings and stop just sitting around saying, oh, yeah, I'm peace, and then (laughs) snarl the next second or get in the car and drive down the road and cuss a blue streak because somebody cut you off. You know, it's like, okay. You know, how do I shift and not do that to the next time? And practicing it. And it may be journaling, looking, you know, Self-awareness is the hugest part for me of what we do on a daily basis to stay grounded and to stay on our journey in a positive way. Having self-awareness and then taking the actions to do those course adjustments as we need to.
2: Wow. Jamie, what do you think about all this?
3: Well,
1: I was just thinking about, you know, how we, we do these all these affirmations about life is good, <laughs> so we uh, are, and then we get so caught up in the appearance, and that's why, you know, when Becky and I were talking about what we want to talk about, and I was like, you know, we came up with a tile, and then I was like, well, how about, because I didn't want to affirm that there is turmoil in politics, but I right. wanted to make sure we affirm that there is the appearance of, because truthfully, principally, um, I think Becky maybe said it a second ago, maybe it was you, about the fact that we know that God is, is, is in charge, that everything, I don't care how it looks to our human eyeballs, everything is in divine order. And that's not an excuse to sit back and do nothing. Um, you know, we're about to think about be the change that we desire to see. But being the change, I think some of us got waylaid somewhere and thought it meant that we had to, to fight. I remember one time I saw a Nobel Peace Prize winner speak at our church and she, and she was talking and she won the Nobel Peace Prize, but her last statement at the end of her talk which she got a roaring standing ovation was, we must fight for peace and I looked around and I was like, what? You know, the, <laughs> right. I know what she meant. You know what I mean? I know her intention, but I was like that there's a concept that for us to see change that we have to be fighting and screaming and yelling and making other people wrong or or shaming another group of people. And so that's what I think about, you know, the whole Gandhi thing is about, you know, Becky made the point, you can't just sit there in the lotus position. That adds great vibration to the planet, but, you know, now what? Now what can I do? Oh, I can actually go out in the, and I do the air quotes, trenches, and I can be compassionate and kind and I don't have to get involved with um, fighting that my opinion and that my concept of God, we do it with our spiritual beliefs, we do it with our religion just as much as we do our politics. So I will not, you know what I mean? Like I'm still thinking about my aunt said to me what, what your parents were saying, that they raised you better than that. Right. I have an aunt that still says that to me. This She'll say, you was raised better than that, talking about me being a unity minister. And then I laugh and say, but when I die, I want you to bury me. Wow. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So you you do this thing and you go, where can I be? I don't – my thing is I say all the time, "In my blessings, I count my blessings, and I have people who disagree, and I'll say, thank you, God, that I'm not crazy. Well, a couple of my friends say, really? (laughs) Ask around. And I say, but you know (laughs) what I mean, that you – you can express yourself. I don't like to argue. I don't like to fight because I, you know, I said in the beginning of the show um, with Denise Becky that my dad was very military. Raised his voice, so I always tell people, please do not raise your voice to me because one or two things are going to happen. One, I'm either going to shut down completely, or the crazy train is going to come out of the barn and I feel that, that I have to defend myself and stand up for the child. So what I'm saying is in politics, in spiritual beliefs, in religious beliefs, um, sometimes we just have to surrender and say, oh, you know, when Jesus said, you know, to the disciple, what is that to be? That always makes me ponder that of all the crap that can be happening. You know, years ago, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the the lady whose mom wrote, Let There Be Peace on Earth. The the woman who wrote it has passed away, but some of the unity churches begin to change the words to the song. Right. And and we would sing, you know, now there is peace on earth. And all of a sudden there was a letter sent out to the unity churches saying, cease and desist, you have no right to change my mother's words. And I I announced it one day in the service, toward the end of the service, that we were going back to singing the original song, um, and somebody spoke up in the, in the audience and said, thank God. And <laughs> I didn't even realize that I reacted, and I said, really? There's people starving and dying all over the planet, and that's what you're concerned with. And people <laughs> gasped. I was a little gasped myself. But That's what I'm saying is for us to think about of all the stuff that we get our panties wadded up about. In the bigger picture, there are people every day on the planet being born and people dying and there are people who are starving and there are people that are homeless. And to stop and go, peace be still, I am so grateful that I, I, I live, you know, in, in the United States of America. Um, so it's still about checking ourselves, you know, doing a, a, an inner check and go, where am I at right now? Why am I angry? Why am I upset? Why am I acting like a complete horse's ass? over something so trivial, peace be still, peace be
2: still. Right. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I was sitting and thinking about, you know, all that we've been talking about, and, you know, I don't like to go off on a tangent on negative kind of things either, but sometimes I feel like that all of this political mumble-jumble is just a smokescreen for us to not really know and pay attention to the things around us that we might could, you know, have a wonderful impact on For instance, um, our prayer chaplains were meeting last evening, and there was someone who came and met with us that needed our attention and talked about for quite some time, you know, a situation that he had been in and that involved drugs and alcohol, and I won't go throughout the whole story, but I think, you know, there are so many things in our world today that are going on, people, you know, dealing with abuse, people dealing with, you know, drugs and alcohol, people that are living on the street. And I'm thinking, you know, why are we spending our time arguing about who, you know, should be the President of the United States or who should be whatever when there are so many other things that are much more important if we want to bring peace to our planet and you know maybe that's just me thinking about it because I've been a therapist all these years and worked with people and know that there are people out there that are still suffering that need some sort of compassion or need some sort of help but you know, we're still arguing about are we gonna do it the Republican way or the Democrat way or, you know, what's that help gonna look like. Hell let's just go do something instead of sitting and arguing about what it is we're gonna do. I don't know what that what that means to either one of you, but it bothers me at the core of my being this. So
1: Okay, well we have a caller
2: from Area Code four oh four. Let's see if they are just listening
1: or if they actually have a statement. Okay. So let will see. We're opening up the switchboard now. It's just spinning, and they're gone, and we've left okay. on their way. So go on, Becky. What were you going to say?
3: Well, I would be quite content if we didn't go through this whole process, and the time and the and the funds that were being invested in all of this—who's going to get it and who's not—were used to create a greater uh, experience of life. You know, most definitely. Like, I, Imagine all of the energy and all of the money that is being invested. And, you know, one side is spending it for nothing because they're not going to win. And the other side is spending it for the opportunity to move into a job that, in essence, really doesn't have a whole lot of power.
2: (laughs) And when you say it like that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it really? (laughs) It's like, really? (laughs) Really? Really? This is
3: what uh, we're worried about? So right. you, I
2: feel it, darling. I get it. Absolutely. You know, because I worked in the realm of school counseling for so long, and, and you know, the the school that I left when I left it a year and a half ago, you know, we had a child that was in the first grade that we found out was involved in sex trade, you know. And I'm like, Lord, mercy. You know, there are so many bizarre things that go on out there in the world that need attention and need probably funds and money and whatever thrown at it instead of, as you said, spending who knows how much money trying to get somebody elected. And, of course, then we could go off on the whole competition thing. You know, I... I said to Becky years ago, I wish there was some sort of a way. Now Becky and I when we when she was my board president and I was the minister here, you know, a lot of the decisions that we made were okay, what does this feel like? This feels right. We need to move forward. Instead of trying to, you know, get this company and this company to compete on a bid or whatever, but when you think about the way our world still works, it's all about competition. It's not about coming together and creating something.
3: Once again, we yes. move back into that divisiveness. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, but I think it, it has to do with wanting to. I mean, I continue to hit the nail on the head when it was about our egos. Will say, I know that my vision is the vision, but when we come together. And we, we listen to other people. I mean, we, we created these heart agreements here at, at Unity of Pensacola because I'd heard the YOUers, the Youth of Unity group, using heart agreements. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So we came up with these heart agreements. And one of them that I, I thought was so important was about, you know, not having to be right but to listen to other people and say, hmm, I never considered that and be right. open instead of going, what, have you lost your mind? I mean, because that's what some of our reactions are to people when they see the world differently. And so I really work on in myself that I do not have to fight anymore with anybody to get my point across. And granted, you and I um, have these opportunities on Sunday mornings, but I do not, you know, Sunday I spoke on spiritual independence. And it, it went in that direction of, you know, talking about who the candidates are that we pray for all of them that we 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 lift it up into the realms of spirit because spirit knows what is for the highest and best and that god has got this no matter the appearance our job as spiritual beings as religious individuals is not always to get the agenda that we think is highest and best but to remember the truth that god is god is Period You know what I mean It's just Somewhere we have to just go I I have faith You know And the scriptures talk about You know Help thou my unbelief I believe But help thou my unbelief So somewhere I have to remind myself Daily In prayer And meditation That no matter what CNN says No matter what The news report On on GMA Or the Today Show Says as I'm having my coffee God is active And present And all as well. And I say it till I mean it.
2: That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. You know, because I told you in the beginning I had read several different times this week getting ready for Sunday morning, you know, the portion of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, all women, are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, and that, my friends, is obviously what this country was founded on, but I'm not sure that everyone buys into that anymore, that all men are created equal, or did anybody ever buy into all of that in the beginning? that we're all made in the image and likeness of God, which is what the scriptures say, which would be the same thing. But what would that? What would the world really be like if we remembered that we were all made in the image and likeness of God and we all had the essence of the Christ within us at every moment? I mean, I think the world would be a very different place even if I could remember that in every conversation that I have and every situation that's going on. What about that, Becky? (laughs) (laughs) Well
3: as you were talking and and I was thinking about, you know, even even your experience here recently with your family. Right. What comes in and and I talk about this with, with the congregation here in Omaha. When we can practice the consciousness of oneness, when we can be in that essence with our family first it almost seems like everything else is easier. Right. Because, you know, our family are the ones that know where all of the buttons are. Mm -hmm. Because because most of them put them there for us, you know. Um, As far as this whole thing of all men are created equal, I don't know that they even really understood what they were saying at the time. Because keeping in mind that at the time that was written, We had slavery in which some of mankind was seen as less than human. Right. So I'm hoping that we are moving into a greater experience or a greater understanding of what being equal is and moving even out of the realm that we are different as different people and into that we are in that image and likeness. We are created in that spirit. We are created in that energy of the divine. It doesn't matter. You know, we're not going to look the same. It's not that kind of image. It's not the physical aspect. But it has to do with that place of consciousness, with that purity of heart. It's there. Our experiences in life are what change that. And it's up to us to regain that freedom and to step into the piece of, you know, it's not up to the world to tell me what to think or how to be. It's up to me to move into that knowing within, in that still small place within us, and to remember who we are or to awaken to who we are.
1: And another point I want to add to that because, it's, I mean, listening, you know, it keeps coming to me, and I hear it. You know, we're talking about being spiritually grounded. Being spiritually grounded does not give us permission to be a bully. Right. You know what I mean?
0: No, what not at you
1: all. Think that you have the right to bully people and to, and I, I said in the in the early part of the show about trusting that instinct in your gut, the God within you, that if you watch, because one of my favorite affirmations, which also is one of the ones that Tali Burkhan has talked about, is I always pay attention. And that's not always the easiest thing to do because we get so sidetracked with everything and but to pay attention and really watch, you know, like right now I'm going to focus 100% on this speech being made, and I'm going to tap into that God source within me. And, and, and you know, without ever naming names, I, I've always said, I, folks, I don't get into politics. I don't. Uh, I don't even know what a bipartisan is. Never, <laughs> I don't ever, I, I don't, I don't want to know. But what I'm telling you is my gut, every time. There has been a president or someone um, running for office. I felt this feeling, and that's all we're talking about being spiritually grounded. Trust that instinct, and I'm telling you, if it calls for you to be militant, to be mean and nasty and to bully people, something's out of alignment with spirit. And that's all I'm saying. I mean, you do what you want to do, but you don't get the right and I've known many people, I'm sure you too, have as well, who, and pulling out my air quotes again, who claim to be spiritual and have been some of the meanest, nastiest people. And then you just go, you know, and you go, Father, am I judging? Am I judging? Am I judging? And the message I hear is you are becoming aware that that is not what you want to do and be. And you, you forgive them. But some of the some of my great teachers sometimes would, you know, really almost punch you in the forehead when you were playing small. And they would call you out for playing small. And that's what I say we have to turn within and ask ourselves, am I playing small? Because one of my teachers said, I did not come here to play small. I came to play with the big kids. And I'm here Mm -hmm. to make a difference on the planet by being peace in motion, by being love and expression. And like Mama always said, folks, oh, if you can't say nothing nice, zip it. And affirm that the body's active in
2: I love that, Jamie. That's awesome. If you can't mm. say something nice, zip it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, again, in this book that I was re- re-looking at last night when I realized what direction we were going in, There's a quote in there by Martin Luther King, Jr. that says, Our goal is to create a beloved community or a beloved world. And this will require a qualitative change in our souls as well as a quantitative change in our lives. And that, to me, again, speaks to I have to spend time going within and finding that place, remembering the Christ inside of me and remembering who I really am and remembering, yes, I am created in the image and likeness of God so that when I step out of that place and go into the action piece and step out into my world, that I remember that as I'm walking through my life. I have a lot of people that ask me sometimes because people come to Unity and they maybe have not had the practice of meditation or any kind of a spiritual practice like that. And then they will say to me, do you think Jesus meditated every day? And I said, you know, I don't know. But I think that probably he had—he was so prayed up and so meditated up that he may not have had to, you know, do all of that every day. But I do know that there were times that he got into a place where the people just got on his last nerve. And it said that he went up into the mountains. I don't believe that he climbed Mount Everest. I believe he got back to that place of taking care of his own soul because he needed a qualitative change in his soul. He was pissed off. And he knew that there needed to be something that would change inside of him before he went back out or he was going to hit somebody or fuss at somebody or do something that he didn't want to do. And, you know, if I don't get anything else about this new thought life that I say that I'm living, it's that piece. It's like when I, because there are days when I feel like I'm going to bite somebody or I'm going to hit somebody, or I'm going to do something, or I'm going to say something that's not going to be loving, then it's time for me to push the pause button, to go back to that place inside myself where I can make a qualitative change in my own inner being And all that is is getting in alignment with Holy Spirit or God or remembering my oneness or whatever so that when I go out into my world, I don't act like an asshole or whatever else that I don't want to act like. Does that make any sense to you, Jamie Sanders? (laughs) Well,
1: that's what I love about us doing this show. I mean, first of all, that we get to be – we get, to be, we get to be outspoken, we get to be real, and I'm sure there's some people that go, I cannot believe three ministers were on the air and they said, asshole. But <laughs> see, I always tell my people, y'all grow up. You know you taught worse than that in the parking lot on the way out the church doors. Right. But sometimes you want to make a point, and I think that, you know, the whole point that we're making, the three of us are in agreement on, is we have to take care of us first and foremost you can't change the world unless you're willing to do your inner work, which means sticking your fingers down your throat and purging up any lower vibration energy that's carried within us, whether we were, you know, being abused as children, either verbally, physically, sexually, that we were abused in relationships, it's up to us to purge our mess. And I think that that's the whole thing about staying spiritually grounded because if I get so upset and I get upset about what my neighbors next door are doing or I get upset at what my, one of my congregants is doing or isn't doing, I'm out of alignment, and I have to own that. For Okay, I, I hear Jesus in me saying, what is that to be? Which, is I always say, is code for mind your own business. <laughs> clean up your own mess. Becky, what's your take on it? Because we're getting ready to close shortly because I've got a killer song to play.
3: Cool. Well, I tell you, you know, I think it goes in the foundation of what you just got through saying, Jamie. The Dalai Lama said, don't let the behavior of others destroy your inner peace. And that's it. Don't let the behavior of others or your interpretation of their behavior destroy your inner peace. Go there and be there and allow that to flow. And also, like to go ahead and say happy birthday to the Dalai Lama, and uh, he's celebrating Yay. his 81st. So, but don't let anyone else's behavior steal your joy, steal your peace. Because what you're doing when you do that is you give away that power, and you're giving you're the one giving it up. Nobody's taking it from you. So let's hear that song, Jamie.
1: Well, we got a few more minutes before we do it because it is exactly four minutes and 44 seconds. So we just are going to take a moment because we've just mentioned birthdays, and I cannot let it pass that today, July 6, 2016, is the 85th birthday of one of my beloved teachers, friends, and favorite television star, Della Reese. So we want to wish Della Reese a very happy 85th birthday and say that. We send her love and blessings. We also want to say to um, you, Becky, anytime that you're on the show, I mean, it's so laid back. It's so easy for us to talk with you, to play with you, and be, uh, I can't imagine another word other than authentic when the three of us get together. So just know that we love you and we appreciate you every time that you are with us, whether we are laughing and playing or we're doing the radio show or we're doing church together somewhere. And just thank you again for being with us.
3: It's my honor. It's my honor and my joy to share time with the two of you and to uh, to play, to play and to brainstorm and just to bounce things off of each other. Because for me, it's always an opportunity for some deeper spiritual awareness and some growth and laughter. Can't forget the laughter.
2: <laughs> no, Becky, you and I have shared many, many, many times of laughter. And I think that's kind of what gets some of us through some of the rough spots is the laughter.
1: All right, so tell, be sure to tell them that um, office woman of yours who I adore, Vicki Wilson, that I send my love, and I will talk to her soon as well. I'll do it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye, Beck. So any closing thoughts? And then I want you to tell us um, very quickly about the song that we're going to close with today that Judy Blackwell wrote which I got to tell you, I was jamming before the show to this song, and I was like, oh, now this is my other favorite Judy Blackwell song. (laughs) So uh, give us a closing thought and then tell us who's on the recording and when you guys recorded this.
2: Well, I think the closing thought that I would like to make again is that for us to stay peaceful and to have freedom and to be spiritually grounded, we have to take care of that qualitative change inside our own souls so that then we can make a quantitative change in our own lives. This song is an amazing song written by Judy Blackwelder called Freedom. And the people that are singing on it is Jamie London and Sherry Phillips and myself. And we had such an awesome time recording this But what I want you to know as you listen to the song Is that we recorded it at three different times So the three of us were not in there at the same time Which is even more pretty remarkable That we overdubbed and overdubbed and overdubbed ourselves But this song is Judy's rendition of what it means to live a free life And I think listening to the words you'll get it
1: Well, what what the quote... Uh, Dr. Judy Blackwelder from like maybe an hour and 45 minutes ago when I said, I love
2: this song.
1: And she said, it's one of her favorites too. And she said, quote, they sing the hell out of that song. So we're going to, we're going to leave you with that in just a moment. But we want to say once again, as always, thank you so much for listening in to what we do. We do what we do because we have such a great time doing it. We love it sharing spiritual principles, and empowering other people. So share the show with your friends on your Facebook page. Tell them they can listen to the archive shows under blogtalkradio.com slash, one word, Jamie Sanders, and you will find the archived shows. So we want to say once again, be who you say you are in life. Let your light shine. Remember, you are an amazing presence on planet Earth, and so are we. We leave you now with the song Freedom. Turn up your speakers. Until next time, goodbye. (laughs) Hello. <laughs>